There we go. Hi, surgeons. It's Kelly. I am just back from almost two weeks in the Midwest. We did a big uh, Michigan through the UP to Minnesota to flying out of Minneapolis last night. Um, it was big. It was like 12 days of vacation. And I am on this journey of personal growth and cut it, uh, cut it, I cut it alcohol. <laughs> I'm cutting alcohol out of my life for six months. Why six months? Because it's a big enough goal that it scares the shit out of me, but it's doable because it has an end in sight. It's before Christmas. So it's before New Year's. <laughs> so I could celebrate the end of the year if I want to. I might not want to. Um, why did I decide to do this? So I decided to do it because I was feeling a little, I don't know if stagnant's even the right word, but I was kind of feeling stagnant on kind of personal growth. What am I going to do? I don't have any big job changes. I love my job. I've successfully managed mom anxiety. I've successfully managed time scarcity. So like all these things, like if you think you have nothing to be coached on, just wait. Life is here to give you things to be coached on. Like it'll happen. And so I'm like going along, going along, doing pretty well, loving the coaching, doing some like advanced coaching uh track stuff and they are doing they were doing a section on stop drinking and so i started to explore like would i want to do that would i not want to do that why would i want to do that my on then all the thoughts right so thoughts downloads on like i'm not ready for that i am it's too hard i can't do that i've been drinking too long to do that i've been drinking since i was probably 15 or 16. Um, so I was one of those teenage people who got it out of her system. So like college was pretty mellow. <laughs> so not that I recommend that, but it's like started early. I have parents who drink. Um, I have a brother who is an alcoholic and attends AA meetings. So I like, I have alcohol. I grew up with it. Right. And so I wanted to really kind of question that. And I think the big thing was figuring out what it was how is alcohol serving me? What was it doing for me? How is it helping my life? How is it helping me be a better person? And so I just started doing all this work on alcohol and getting to the point of like, I don't think it actually serves me at all. It, it might, and people would argue it might very short term, it tastes good. But again, that's a thought. So like, it, it, and I want you to listen to this, even if you have no interest in drinking or if you don't even drink, right? Because you can use this, just, you just exchange alcohol for snapping at your children. You exchange alcohol for overeating sugar at night. You exchange alcohol for whatever, why you don't exercise. So all this stuff is totally interchangeable, even if you have like absolutely no relationship with alcohol or don't want to stop or whatever. So been uh, not drinking now for 40 days. Today's 41. And I just got done with a two week trip to the Midwest, which was half in-laws, which is a great reason to drink, right? That's a thought. And then my family who they're expert drinkers. Um, so I, had a lot, I was like, well, should I just not be doing this journey during this vacation? Should I, it's going to be too hard. Maybe I shouldn't stop alcohol. Kind of all these thoughts, right? So I thought, let's do it. Let's not drink for two weeks with all these triggers, right? So a trigger is a situation and you have thoughts about the situation and those thoughts trigger the urge, right? And what urges are is like, is basically just trying to make us feel better or try to make us like not have to think the uncomfortable thought. Our society is very 
poorly equipped to deal with negative emotions. Most of us are taught we shouldn't have negative emotions. So if we have negative emotions or anxiety or stress or boredom, whatever it might be, that means something's wrong. And a lot of this coaching is just educating people of you're not broken if you have a negative emotion. We all have negative emotions. If you didn't have negative emotions, you wouldn't know you'd be having a positive emotion, right? So urging, urge is just our body trying to want to save us, keep us safe, help us not be bored, angry, stressed, tired, all those things that we think are negative, but they're really just part of life, right? It's, and it's okay to have those things. And it's okay to not need to try to fix those things, right? So that's kind of digging underneath why we do these, what we call buffering scenarios of over drinking, overeating, all that stuff. So day one, fly to Detroit, then rent a car, then drive to the in-laws. They've got red wine. I don't really love red wine anyway, so that's helpful, but I didn't have any of my like sparkling water or things to uh, make me uh, be not drinking. Let's see. All right, we have somebody. So I want to say I'm talking about urges right now just because nobody else is on. I'm very happy to bring you on and do some coaching. If you want to, let's see. I'm going to just rename you. Stay tuned on the urges, everybody. It's hard work, but I did it. Um, okay, I have renamed you. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. I, I was talking to um, about urges and not drinking. Okay. I was waiting for people to come on. I had a little issue getting logged in. It made me like log in and I honestly didn't have a Zoom account, so I had to set that up. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, now you have a Zoom account. <laughs> Bonus. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? I honestly have no idea. I was working and I have a couple clinic patients that canceled, so I thought I'd log on and see what you were talking about. Awesome. I was talking about, um, well, not drinking and feeling, uh, feeling the urges and letting the urges happen which I thought for a long time was gonna kill me. It hasn't yet, which is nice. I, I guess I got something. Okay, cool. Um, so the other day I uh, had a case and I'm, uh, I only have one case in the OR and essentially it's about scheduling and how to not get really frustrated when your OR isn't efficient or the schedule changes. Um, essentially, I have an afternoon block. I was supposed to start at one time and then they moved it up half an hour and nobody communicated it to me. And then I saw it because I, you know, heart stopped everything. Um, and then the morning of the surgery, they're like, hey, can you go a few hours earlier? And I didn't have any knee, so I said I could go, you know, two hours early, but not three or four. Um, and then I get there and then one of my partners calls and I got bumped for free air, which I totally understand. Um, but again, the OR didn't talk to me and it just kind of kept snowballing and then, you know, they stuck another thing in front of me. And so instead of like starting at my originally scheduled noon and then was supposed to be moved up to 10, I ended up starting my case at 1.30 in the afternoon. So just like going with the flow and I don't know if that's something, you know, we should do or, you know, is it okay that I get really upset about that? Because it, you know, I feel like that, then it becomes more my problem. Um, 
because it's, you know, ruining the attitude, which is not something I really want. Right. Uh, so I, one of the questions here is, is how, what am I supposed to feel? Yeah. Is that it? How do you want to feel? Uh, excited to be operating, but efficient. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, is it possible to feel excited about having your schedule moved around four times in a day? I don't think so. And then there's, there's no right answer. It's just, you know, when we're trying to feel like, how should I be feeling? It's like, well, if I pick the fake one, you're kind of just like throwing fakes, you know, unicorn stickers on, on your day, right? Which feels pretty inauthentic to people. I mean, I think there's some people who are like, yippee, no matter what, I'm happy in the OR. But I don't know if that's the average person. Yeah. I mean, once I got there, it was good. But I was just, I... I'm, I'm essentially, I'm new in my practice. Um, so like I've been here seven months now. So it's, I'm still building my practice. It's been slow with COVID. So I get it. So I am really happy every time I do get to operate. It's just like the getting there. Like I waste so much time of my day. Mm -hmm. I try to tell myself that's part of it and you're getting paid still. <laughs> right. So what is, what is wasting your day mean? But I'm essentially just like running back and forth between the OR and computers and not spending time with my family like I could if I wasn't sitting there. That kind of thing. Just, you know, scrolling through social media, killing time until my case can start. Right. Um, and could there be, could there be another way to think about that, that time? Of course there could be. There's a lot of ways. We're just playing, like, we're just playing, right? Like, because we have so much default thoughts, right? Like, that I'm supposed to control everything. That if I'm not operating, I'm wa being wasted. Not drunk, but like, it's a, it's a, you know, you're, the surgeon's not operating, right? So we have a lot of thoughts about that. Yeah. Because um, I know some surgeons, truth be told, some surgeons, like, they've taken that time and they're like, that's me time. I'm going to go on a run. I'm going to go do push-ups. I'm going to go start writing my book. I'm going to go write a letter to my grandma. Like, people will take that and they'll be like, that's my me time and I get stuff done. So I know for every surgeon, they don't think of it as, like, being wasted. Yeah. And I probably should do that because I have a little one at home. So when I am home, it's never my time. It's right. Never... <laughs> I, uh, I feel very compelled to continually check in with the operating room because I've seen it where they will just bring a patient back and like not tell someone or they'll just send a single text or something. And that'll be it. And then they'll wait for 20 minutes. So I'm just, I've, and I feel like people, like, I don't know why I feel like people don't do their job if I don't continually ask them to. Right. Yeah. Um, and is, is checking in with them every 20 minutes, is that a problem? Only in the sense that I can't get anything else done. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so in your ideal day which we know which we know doesn't exist but we're just having fun what would how would it go things would go according to schedule <laughs> perfect and and 
the problem is it never works like that. Like free air happens. Right. Right. And then like people who work shifts happen. So like they don't care because they're off, they're off at three. Right. And so they might like not call you. And I, I mean, I think a big thing for surgeons is this perfection and like trying to control everything and like taking it all in because we can't. Mm -hmm. And it destroys us, absolutely destroys us. And the other thing I think is we think it's all going to like fall apart if we like allow the world to behave as the world's behaving. Yeah. Like, you're just going to become lazy and slovenly and have tons of complications and like nobody's going to want to see you because you weren't trying to control everything. Like we do that, that black and white thinking all the time. Yeah. Or like, you know, if I don't continually check in, like they're going to stick another case in or I'm going to go at four or 5 PM and then I can't get home by the time the nanny has to leave. And it's very, uh, what's the word? Like, end of the world kind of thinking of like right, right. The yeah well yeah. Our, it's our brain it's our brain trying to figure out what the future is going to be like which is worst case scenario because that's what our brain does like don't yeah. get don't let the baby get eaten by the tiger uh so so let's go back to this day that just happened you your case was scheduled at for what time originally noon noon and it ended up going at 1 30 yeah. Okay. And your thoughts about that situation? Just extreme frustration because of everything that went into it. And the, like, I rearranged my day. I like had a new nanny coming and I like rushed her orientation to get there early. And then my case couldn't even go because they snuck a case, not the three, they snuck a different case in first without telling me. So they moved me back by like an hour before the free air even happened. Yeah. So it's like the communication because it caused me to adjust my day for them and then. Totally. What was the thought that was was causing the feeling of frustration? Um, why didn't anybody tell me? Okay. Why didn't they tell you? I don't know because my OR doesn't is what my partner tells me. I was venting to her and she's like, yep, sounds about right for around here. Okay, so the thought maybe is, I don't know why people aren't telling me things. Yeah. That could cause frustration. I'm just seeing if that's the right thought or if there's a different thought in there. Um. I, I, it, it's along those lines because I just can't put it into words, but it's like, if they had told me I could have brought my book or brought something or sat in my office longer or told my patient something else, like I could have planned or adjusted for that. But the lack of, you know, I can't do anything about, then I just sit on my hands, twiddling my thumbs. Huh. And so we're feeling frustrated and our actions from feeling frustrated are venting, constantly checking in, trying to get other people, trying to do other people's jobs for it. Mm -hmm. And then the results of venting, constantly checking in, 
trying to do other people's jobs. Makes me even more annoyed. And how we want to feel, let's, and then we're going to switch fast because then we can go back and forth. How do you want to feel about a case is scheduled at noon and it goes at 1.30? Um, I mean, I think it's reasonable to feel frustrated, but not the level of frustration I was mm -hmm. feeling. Like a little annoyed but satisfied, maybe? I'm struggling with my words today. That's okay. I struggle with them every day. I, I, <laughs> I win when I don't have a feeling that's just tight or urgy. Um, okay, so let's get frustrated. How could you use, in, in, even if you don't use it in the moment, keeping that thought or keeping that feeling and being like, this is going to drive me to maybe talk to somebody about this down the road. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, I should never feel anything bad and I should never do anything useful about it. And I, and the thought of like anger is actually super useful. Anger, because I was just reading about anger. If you take it and you channel it and you like channel it to like do something, right? Like you channel it to talk to the OR manager next Tuesday about how communication could be better. Um, and kind of taking those negative thoughts that we want to like get rid of and actually using them, not in the moment, but like by doing thought downloads and being like, yeah, actually this is this is super annoying. I'd love to at least communicate with somebody about this and get their opinion on why this happens at this hospital a lot. Um, so kind of like channeling those negative emotions and be like, yeah, keep your frustration. What are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna overeat? Are you gonna overdrink? Are you just gonna bitch? Or are you gonna take that frustration and be like, use it appropriately for the future? I would like to be the latter. <laughs> I would like haagen mint chip. I would like option B, actually. Um, yeah, it, it's just a way of thinking about, like, you don't have to get rid of these, like, we'll, you know, quote, air quote, negative emotions. Mm -hmm. Like, you are the highest paid person in the hospital. It's okay for you to think, like, hey, do you want to, like, use me a little more efficiently? Anybody care? Yeah, I feel like I get paid a lot of money to sit around these days, which... Dude! Not the worst thing in the world. Why don't we just rock that thought? <laughs> I do mostly. I was just looking for an option. <laughs> I think there's about 300 million people in this country that would love that scenario. Okay. Thought. I get paid a lot. To sit around. How does that feel? Um, ridiculous. Uh, satisfying. What was that one? Satisfying. Satisfying. I don't know. I don't really like that thought. Um, we can get rid of it, but I, I'm curious. Why don't you like that thought? I don't like the idea of just being like, that, that makes me feel lazy. Like, I'm satisfied to just get Because, like, I don't know. I'd rather be 
either working or home with my family or why because i love my family because i want to feel like they're reading the society yeah yeah i i get that i, I get that i'm just kind of picking like for for people to be like I, but I should be working harder for this money they're paying me. Why? Um, it tend, and it tends, I'll give you a hint, it tends to come down to self-worth and like, mm -hmm. you know, what if some, what if somebody finds out I'm sitting around? That has definitely been a thought. Um, like I said, it's my first year, so it's definitely like building my practice. And I actually like a couple months ago started like writing down the hours I worked every day in case someone came to ask, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous now that I'm thinking about it. That's what all this work is for is to like, it's not to change you into, you know, a perfect person, which is impossible and leads to suicide and depression. It's to have you question things that you think like are good and make sense and then you're like we're just making this stuff up and like who's coming to check your hours at this point you're not a resident anymore right <laughs> and then they weren't too high not too low right yeah and like what's the right number 36 72 like nobody's yeah. coming to tell you what the right number is unless you have one of those jobs where you clock in and out because they told you yeah I mean, technically, has like so many hours of general surgery care provided a week in it is how it's worded. Um, so I think that's why I'm a little like paranoid. But, but if you can't get into the OR. Right. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. My part, they won't give me the consults. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, and I think we, we all have limited amounts of energy in our week. Right. And just being able to question, like, should I be using my energy to write down my hours? Is that is that a useful skill? Is that a useful yeah. thing? Right. And, and it, it might be for some people, but for some people who are like, want to work on kind of freeing up all that clutter, be like, that's just kind of clutter that I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, if somebody asks, then I could very much like write them down at that point. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, if you get to the point, you know, and these are just ideas, but if you get to the point where you, t where you're, you take that frustration on the other page and you decide to talk to the OR manager or blah, 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 you can document all those conversations and be like, these are the, you know, I tried, I try to be efficient in my job. I think that's useful for the community for me to try to be efficient. Here's what I've done, but beating, but you know, beating yourself up about it and ruminating and you know, it's like, it's, it, we only have this much energy and it's like, we get to choose to how we want to spend it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like what makes me almost disappointed in myself about the other day, because I feel like I spent so much energy just being frustrated. Yeah. Well, people spend their whole career doing that. Yeah, I need to fix that. <laughs> I know. I mean, look how far ahead you are of like everybody. Not that it's a competition. God bless. But it's like if you're in year one and you're already like, is this how I want to spend my energy or is there a different way to spend my energy? Like Sunbeam, you are, you're going to be fine. There are 67 year old surgeons who are like, God damn it. They're, they're, you know, like they're still complaining about how the world works. And it's like to break like 
we can't argue with the reality and we aren't in control of this huge, gigantic building that's like providing care for people. Even when they tell us we are, we're like, yeah, they still, you still can't get me into the OR. What do you, uh, I'm curious about this thought. Well, so I guess my thing is I don't feel bad about it when I'm on like call because like that's what I'm supposed to get paid for. I guess like, I don't, know. I, don't I guess I don't feel bad about it when it's their fault. I just would rather, I guess, spend that time at home rather than sitting in the OR lounge or sitting in the OR. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 and I think that's especially moms. Like we have, we have this thing inside of us. It's like a homing beacon, right? And it's, it's, that's what happens when we have babies at home. I'd always rather be there. It's just, yeah. is that, and I think acknowledging that, because I think a lot of people will be like, I wish I didn't feel like I wanted to be at home all the time. And it's like, it's okay. That's what like the mom microchip did to us. And just be like, is it okay to acknowledge that and still say like, here's my job today. I actually get paid a lot of money to be here. Thank God. Cause there's lots of people who don't get a lot of money to sit around, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's not trying not to get rid of the or just acknowledging it and being like is this serving me right now or is this not serving me right now mm -hmm. and just you know collecting data of like oh my gosh if this is every single day where you're sitting around for three hours like versus like hey this happens twice a month it's fine that's true it's my it's my me time to watch the kardashians in the surgeon's lounge like i feel like i need to find something to do Which might just be read my book on my Kindle app on my phone. Right. I, there's an anesthesiologist who knits. And I have another, there's another surgeon who, who uh, quilts. Yeah. It's like, they're getting, like, they're working on their hobby and getting, some of them are getting paid. Some of them don't get paid if they're, they're not, like, producing. But right. they're still working on their hobby instead of watching the news and getting agitated. <laughs> um. Where do you want to go from here? How's that feel? That feels better. I feel, I feel more at ease with that. Yeah. Like you're the, 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 what do I want to say? The like glimpse of like, you're completely in control of the situation, knowing you're completely not in control of the OR. Yeah. Not in control of the situation at all, but in control of my feelings and my reaction to it. Totally. Yeah. And you don't have to behave a certain way. Like, you get to pick. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to be happy. That's good. Like, like then, it ju then it just all be kind of becomes a game. Okay. And I think, you know, if it becomes like a pattern, then it's mm -hmm. worth saying like, is there something I want to do to talk to, you know, talk to somebody and change it. But if it's every once in a while and you're just beating yourself up about it. No, it's a pattern that they know. We're just like way short staff. I know everybody is, but it's dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing I like, 
funny. They just kind of roll their eyes and say they're working on it and hiring people. So where are the people? We have no people in this country right now. <laughs> like, and knowing like, we can't, we, we have to treat the ones that are there well, cause they'll leave too. Right. Like that's a new thought. Yeah. Totally. You totally got this. Thanks for bringing it. That was a good topic. Thanks. Anything Thanks. You're, you're the only one on here, so you get the full hour if you want it. But if you if you're good and you're full, I respect that too. Yeah, I think I'm good for now. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll let you off. I'll do my final thoughts on urging and drinking because that was what I started with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I and might... we'll we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. Thanks, Kelly. Absolutely. So we will see if I can go back to me here. And I'm not sure who's going to pop up when we're recording. But the final thought on urges is an urge is kind of an, a very uncomfortable sensation in the body. And most people can't, can, won't even know it's an urge because they respond so quickly to try to make it better. And just feeling that urge and feeling like I want that, whether it's to not exercise or to drink or to eat and and being aware of that urge and then realizing it's not going to kill you and it actually passes pretty darn quick and the the trick is if you resist it it can tend to grow and when you resist the urge of like go away I wish I wasn't having this urge it tends to kind of build up versus being like oh I totally want to drink right now I totally want to eat sugar right now I would love to have that donut right now isn't, isn't that curious? What does that feel like? I feel it in my, in my gut, you know, like being curious about it, it, it will go away way quicker than if you're resisting that urge. And so what I've found, you can actually, what the life coach school recommends is making a piece of paper with one to a hundred on it and writing down all of your urges for the things you're trying not to buffer with, right? Whether it's social media, checking your phone, overeating sugar, drinking alcohol, whatever it might be writing down one you know one is uh getting snappy at nurses if that's your tendency of like you get the urge to like put somebody in their place and you see that urge and you actually don't act on it right but by the time you get to 100 you've really kind of deconditioned the response to the stimulus so i'm probably on like number 25 right now for not drinking and it's getting easier and easier like actually like writing down like dad opened a bottle of wine. Snoop Dogg was on the cup, like was on the bottle of the wine. Didn't drink it. Sorry, Snoop Dogg. Um, and getting up to a hundred and I bet, but like my first urges were super strong and I'm I, like, I literally was like, I'll probably die. It just felt like that. And I wasn't really going to die. And now I'm kind of like, Oh no, there, of course I had an urge to drink. There was a chilled bottle of rosé and it's 70 degrees out. Uh, but you, you don't respond to the urges and it just gets less and less and less. So that is my talk on urges today. Thank you for Sunbeam for coming on. Love you guys and we'll see you next time.